if people ask me all the time, how many Google reviews do I need? And it's a hundred percent very geographic yeah. based. It, I would do a, and here's what I would do. If the other thing is, is you got to make sure you got to keep doing it because Google removes these, right? So when you start getting a lot of reviews, Google's just going to start sniping them. So you have to keep going too. Is that, is that accurate from your perspective? Yeah. I see it all the time now where people come back and they will tell me, Hey, Len, you know, we're getting reviews. We see the reviews coming in, but we don't see our number increasing. And here's the thing that most people don't realize. You can do it if you want and you might not get caught. But the second someone, let's pretend Google could never even find out and because you're so smart and you avoid it. But the second a patient goes online and says, oh, this office offered me money to leave a review. Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Go. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. But... You cannot grow if you don't have Google reviews. And if you don't understand that in 2024, I can't help you. But somebody who can help you is Dr. Len. And he's going to give you the secrets on why Google reviews are so important. And even more important is how you get the reviews. The rules are constantly changing. And you have to understand this if you're going to grow in the dental industry. So stay tuned for this episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Dr. Len, so I'm excited to have this conversation because I still feel that there's a lot of doctors and marketing people out there that don't understand the concept of Google reviews. Now, I think everybody understands that we need them, but they don't understand how they influence everything. And when I say everything, I truly mean everything at the at the practice level. So just, just for the audience sake, when somebody does a Google search of you, let's pretend they're a doctor referral or a patient referral. They're going to Google search your name. And then they're going to look at your reviews. And then they're also going to look at the other people nearby you and their reviews as well. And so if you have four reviews and the, the other company has 100, or if you have 100 and the other company has 1,000, that might be a problem. And you might lose referrals because of that. But it's also a problem because if you do television marketing, people are going to go and look at your Google reviews. If you send a postcard, people are going to go and look at your Google reviews. If you do digital marketing of any kind, social media, ads, SEO, anything, it all hubs around Google reviews and you don't have to have the most, I don't think, but you have to be in the conversation. So you are the expert at this. So why don't you kind of help us frame this up in a way that we can understand? And then we'll talk a little bit about how to actually execute on it. Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. So um, reviews are the most important thing you can have for your business. It's it's the literally the most important thing that you must, it's, it's a must, yeah. you must have them. You mentioned it in some of the things you just said. When someone's referred to you, what do they do? They look you up online and they're going to look at your reviews before they call the office. In the past, you know, my dad who passed away is, is, was retired from dentistry for a long time. But when he was in practice, patients just called him. There was no such thing as online yeah, yeah. reviews. When he was referred, they just called. Now, the first thing they do, and I think the studies show it's like 82% of the time, 82% of the time they're looking for information online and the information they're looking online is your online reviews and ratings. So if you don't have credibility, patients may not come in. And here's the thing, you don't know if you're losing yeah. those patients or yep. not because they don't even call the office. And that's a very big thing. And I always use an example when I talk. So my oral surgeon, who I referred to when I was in practice, has, I think, 1,400 reviews, five-star reviews right now. My periodontist has 380 reviews and my orthodontist had almost 500 reviews. My endodontist, 
has 19 reviews, 3.5 stars. When I would refer people to the endodontist, more than half of them would come back to me and say they would like someone else because they don't like what this guy looks like online. So it really made a point to me that you have to have the reviews even from a specialist perspective yeah. because the referrals are not, they're not going to come in. They're going to want to potentially go to someone else who looks better online. And again, you don't know what you're losing because people don't call you up and say, guess what? You, I'm not coming in. Hey, I got something crazy to share with you and I'm going to get you right back to the show, I promise. So we have an event called AlignerCon coming up next year. And this month we're giving away a buy one, get one free. We're going to be partnering with Clear Correct, and this is going to be one of the biggest events that we've ever done in Nashville, Tennessee, in the biggest hotel in America. So if you want to come to this, again, we're going to give you a buy one, get one free. We want to meet you in person. Just go to alinercon.com, and we're going to teach you how to create, convert, close, and even some clinical components around Clear Aligners. So don't miss this event. Go check it out now. Back to the show. Yeah. Two, two kind of frameworks that I use on this is number one, with our clients, we figure out what your cost per acquisition is going to be uh, before we work with somebody. And so we say, okay, this is how much it's going to be to generate a new patient to walk through your door based on your operational structure. And one of the things that we account for is Google reviews. If you, if you have really low Google reviews compared to your competition, then it's going to, we're already know up front, it's going to be like, oh, it's going to cost way more money to drive them new patient, like way more money. And sometimes two, three X more money as an example. So that's totally true. Another thing, and I would be interested in your thoughts on this. This is what I tell dentists all the time. Just go to Google and type in dentist near me. And would you, which dentist would you pick? Take the names out of them. Just based on your location, dentist near me. And which one would you pick? And, and, and again, it's like, okay, if you have a thousand and, and all of your competition has 1200, then you're always going to be in the conversation. But if all of your competition has 1,200 and you have 50, that's where you get yourself in big trouble. If people ask me all the time, how many Google reviews do I need? And it's 100% very geographic-based. Yep. I would do, a, and here's what I would do. If you're listening to this, when you have a chance, either you know at home or on, in your car, go ahead and go into an incognito or private browsing mode search on your browser. Don't use yep. a regular browser because they're going to know who you are and you're automatically going to be ranking higher because yeah. of that. So that's something people don't realize. So go into these one of these browsing modes and do dentist near me or dentist in your town, dentist in your zip code, and see how you rank number one. And then after you find yourself, look at your competitors and see how many reviews they have. So as Gary just said, if the top dentist has 300 and you have 500, you're doing really well. Mm, yeah. If the top dentist has 300 and you have 20, that's a problem. You're not going to be in the same conversation, yeah. but it is very geographic based. I have a, I know a practice in McDonough, Georgia that has over 6,000 Google reviews of all places, 6,000, but you take some cities and the highest dentist has a couple hundred. Yeah. So there's no real, there's no real right answer to that is that you have to make the review generation a major focus of your practice marketing before you spend a ton of, ton of money on marketing because the conversion is going to. Yeah. If you don't have that. Well, I was going to say, I totally agree with you. The other thing is, is you got to make sure you got to keep doing it because Google removes these, right? So when you start getting a lot of reviews, Google's just going to start sniping them. So you have to keep going too. Is that, is that accurate from your perspective? Yeah. I see it all the time now where people come back and they will tell me, Hey, Len, you know, we're getting reviews. We see the reviews coming in, but we don't see our number increasing. 
So their number of Google reviews doesn't change, but they see the new reviews posting. So what Google has been doing, they've been taking down older reviews. Yep. Older reviews are not relevant to the practice anymore because you have team changes, you have procedure changes, sometimes the doctor changes too. So when I remember um, back in 2018, um, Google Plus just came out and they required basically everybody, you, could, you had reviews that were from an anonymous or an unknown user. Yep. And literally overnight, they dropped all the unknown user reviews because they were registered as a person and people went from 300 down to 50 because they just had very old reviews. So you have to plan in advance for changes in the algorithm to prevent having going from having a ton to having none. So yes, Google takes reviews down, but they also take reviews down. And this is something, you know, I know we're going to get into talking about how to get the yeah. reviews, but you know, if you're generating them and you're sending the patient a link to the, to your Google business page, if the same link generates the reviews over and over and over again, Google doesn't like that. And those reviews start, will start coming down as well. Yeah. So you want to make sure you're sending unique links to your patients to get these reviews. It's the only way they're, they're, you're going to ensure they're going to stay up on a consistent basis. Yeah, totally. And and here's the other thing. Google's going to change the rules on us. You gave us several examples there where they they used to not care and then they started caring and so they removed them. So the name of the game is, it's like, it's like we don't know how much the government's going to tax us, right? They Maybe they increase it a lot, maybe they don't. The name of the game is just to make more money, right? Like you have to, just keep it. You, right. you just said, "Oh no, I'm not going to make money now because they're going to take more money for taxes." That would just be stupid. Like you, you would you lose Correct. the game. And so, to you to you have to keep playing the game. And the name of the game is keep getting Google reviews. So let's now talk through. Okay, well, how do we get them? The easiest way is to ask. Okay. Yeah, well, I shouldn't say it's the easiest way. Yes, it's easy, but the conversion's really poor. Okay. So. Let's start with just talking about asking, you know, your, your team, yourself, just mentioning to the patients how important reviews are for your practice, um, letting them know that you would really appreciate them taking a couple of minutes of their, their day to log online and go ahead and, and write a review for you and how, how appreciative you would be. That goes a long way, but the conversion is still really low. If you get more than 5%, that's a lot, okay? Now, the, peop the ways to get more, more than 5% are not are against the rules as we like to say. So I just met an office that they have a raffle and they give it they give a, a credit in the office. You're not allowed to incentivize a patient in any way, according to both Google and Yelp, to get reviews there. Now, there are practices who still do it. There's practices that have been caught and they've come to me and they've lost all their reviews and they have a problem. Um, I like to teach best practices. That's why I educate. So I do not recommend offering an incentive of in any way, shape, or form to a patient to well, get them the right review. And here's the thing that most people don't realize. You can do it if you want, and you might not get caught, but the second someone, let's pretend Google could never even find out and because you're so smart and you avoid it, but the second a patient goes online and says, oh, this office offered me money to leave a review, it discredits all your other reviews with one shot, 100% one, so. one person. So it, 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 you got to be very, very careful of that. You have to be very careful. And like I said, I've had practice that do it and never been caught. Other practices that have, and they've lost the reviews. I just don't think it's it's too risky. Yeah. Um, so I do not recommend that. So that's number one. Um, number two is using some type of automated system. Obviously, as many people know, I run the dental division for BirdEye. Uh, what makes BirdEye very unique is that we have an API with Google that allows the patient to be auto-logged into their, their um, Google account. So it's like literally a one-step process. 
We make it very easy. We're automated with all these different platforms. There's other platforms out there. I mean, you don't have to use BirdEye, but using some sort of automated system. Now, I want to also clarify that there's a big difference between a review generation software specifically and a communication software that claims to get reviews. Yeah. They are two different things. They're not the same. Just because you're using Weave or Added or any of these other things, they're not going to get reviews on Google because the patient has to do all the work still. Yeah. So you have to use a specific service. But what I like doing is I like incentivizing the team. Yeah. So you don't want to incentivize as a patient, incentivize the team. And there's a couple of things you can do. 100%. So number one is when you Google yourself and you click on your Google reviews, the first thing that shows up is the most relevant reviews. And people always ask me, what makes a review relevant? So a couple of things, having a local guide write a review, which is someone who's very active on Google, that's a relevant review automatically. But the newest thing is if you go and do a Google review, it asks you to add a photo to the review. And if you add a photo or your patient adds a photo to the review, that review almost almost immediately goes to the most relevant one because there's an extra layer of what they're they're doing for your practice. So I like incentivizing the team to ask the patient, hey, let's take a selfie together and ask them to put the review up or the photo up when they write the review. If the, if the team member gets their photo in the review, you know they had to ask the patient to do it, give them the incentive for that reason. I really like doing that way. That's really the good. The other thing I like mentioning to the patients, okay, when you're having a conversation is I like, I like asking for feedback about the experience not for a review, just so you know, I like to, to change the terminology a little bit. But when you ask for feedback about the experience, tell the patient that every single morning you have a morning huddle. Even if you don't, you lie to them. Every single morning you okay. let them know that you have a huddle. And during the huddle, you celebrate your five-star reviews. And we really appreciate you writing one because we want to, we want to celebrate with our team. And when patients know that you're not only going to read it, but you're going to celebrate it and talk about it, they're more apt to do it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then the third tip I can give to really create what I call raving patients, you know, I have a book called raving patients. I have a Facebook, I have a podcast called raving patients. One of the ways to cr create raving patients is that if a team member gets mentioned in the review specifically, have that team member send a message back, not on Google, but on just via text message or any way, just thanking them for writing a review. And you really appreciate it them mentioning your name in the review. Patients love that. And you create a fan forever because of that. So those are just a couple of tips that I can recommend for those, those people who want to change things up when it comes to the review generation part. Of I love that. Those are all great ideas. Um, another thing that I've heard too, and you can correct me if, you, if this is incorrect, because you probably know it used to work, so maybe it doesn't work now, is a relevant review is something that gets interactions, meaning you get thumbs up on it, right? Because you can thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. And so if you have a, a review that you really like and you and people in your office and other people go in there and thumbs it up, that's going to push to the top as well. Is that accurate? hundred percent accurate. And the, the vice versa, if you, um, if flag you do the review. reverse and thumbs down it or flag it, the more people that flag it, the greater the chance that Google takes the review down. Although it's very rare to see Google take a review down unless they violate one of their terms and conditions. And by the way, not being a patient or thinking it's a fake patient does not qualify. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's not one of the reasons you can get reviews down but, generally. Well, that patient spoke to someone on the phone. They never came in not officially a patient. doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, the only exception, the only rule that I've seen, the loophole on that that I've seen that works with Google is if the person leaves a review and in their review, they actually say they're not a patient. So I've seen like team members leave like... 
I hate the doctor. He's so mean. He ruined my life. Da-da-da. By the way, I'm a hygienist. I worked there for 17 years. It's like, that's not a patient review. That's an employment review. Right. That goes on Glassdoor. Google will remove those kind of reviews, right? Correct. And, yep. and same thing with Yelp. I mean, I know we're not talking about, but one, one of Yelp's terms and conditions specifically states that if the patient states that they are not a patient, that review can be taken down. The problem is a lot of times they don't write that, but it, and if they don't write it and you, you claim to Google or Yelp that they're not a patient, Google and Yelp don't care. They're not going to go tit for tat with you. They're not going to open up your, your CRM, your PMS to, to look to see if there's a patient by the name. They don't care. And in fact, most of the reviews I guarantee that are negative yeah. are written by a patient with a fake name Yeah, because people don't like calling you out with their real name. They use an alias or a fake Google account to do that. It is a real patient interaction, but it's a fake patient name. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to throw, we didn't talk about this before, but I, I, I'm curious if you have some thoughts on this. So in Southern California, where I'm at, the dentist that I go to only has not that many Google reviews, maybe like 50, 100, something like that. But it doesn't matter because no one really looks for a dentist via Google reviews. Now we do Google for dentists, but we look on Yelp. Now they have probably about a thousand reviews on Yelp, which is a lot for most markets. So in the market I'm in, I'm in Southern California, the Bay Area, and there's a couple others. Yelp is a totally different beast. So I'll just leave it open-ended for that. Like, what are your thoughts on Yelp from that perspective? So in certain geographical areas, Yelp is super important for in those specific areas. You mentioned, I would say it's the state of California, not just, not just Southern California and the Bay Area. I think it's good for all of, of California. I would put New York City, uh, Chicago, Miami, um, Dallas, Seattle, um, maybe Charlotte. Yep. Those areas are, re are really important to have Yelp reviews, but here's the deal. Somebody doesn't go to Yelp and look for a dentist, Okay. They go to Google and look for a dentist. They look at your Yelp reviews in those areas. The only people that I know of, and I've done some research on this, that go to Yelp to look for a business on Yelp is restaurants. You go to Yelp and you go to an area, you type in restaurant near me, and that, that's how they search for it. They don't go to Yelp and type dentist. They don't do that, but they will look you up online. If you're in those areas, they specifically will look at your Yelp reviews. The problem is, is you, there's a, you have to play Yelp's game. You know, I don't, I would not advertise with them. I would, I don't think advertising with them is smart. Yeah. I mean, um, it has no effect. To, so, you know, on, on if the reviews actually stick or not, um, they have a filter. It's built on an algorithm they have set up in order for a, a Yelp review to stay. The patient has to be considered a Yelper. Okay. If you, if the patient is not a Yelper, more often than not, the reviews are going to go into the filter. Now, what constitutes a Yelper? A Yelper is someone who is, has lots of friends. Yep someone who has written lots of reviews for other businesses, but they also are very active on the Yelp app. That's considered a Yelper. Yeah. And if you have someone that falls into those categories, that review will stick up. Yeah. Okay. Someone who doesn't qualify, that review is going to end up in the filter and you've just wasted a review. Yeah. And the person who's leaving the reviews doesn't know that they're in the filter or not. So like the, the patient. So if you go and say, hey, Mr. Patient, go create a Yelp account and go sign sign up for Yelp and then leave me a review, it's going to get filtered. Now, the patient doesn't know it gets filtered. They see it there, but no one else sees it there. Correct. Correct. Now, here's a little hint about Yelp. So one of the ways that Yelp wants you to get reviews is they do not want you asking. If you read the terms and conditions, it's technically against their terms and conditions. So they want you to leave breadcrumbs is what they want you to do. So one of the recommendations I have is, is to incentivize the patient for what's called a check-in. It's called a Yelp check-in. So offer a whitening pen, $10 Starbucks gift card. 
you have a sign that says, check in on Yelp and get whatever you're offering. When someone checks in on Yelp, it tells Yelp that that person actually came into the office. And at the end of the day, Yelp will send them a review request of their own, which if they do that, that is more apt to stay because it's done through a check-in, not with the person going on their own. So that's a little bit of an advice I give to California doctors and those things that are asking how to get more Yelp reviews. That's going to be the easiest, most effective, and cheapest way to get reviews that stick out of the filter or stay out of the filter, I should say. Here's one other one. There's actually two other ones that I've seen work really well. And these are super niche just because I live in California. So I have to deal with this all the time. I'm actually an active Yelper and I am one of those people. I don't go to a business unless I look at them on Yelp, but you're correct. I Google search first, then I Yelp. Um, But if you don't have good Yelp reviews, I'm not going to go there because it's really hard to cheat Yelp. So one of the things that I've seen work really well is when you're checking out the patient, if you want more Yelp reviews is to say, Hey, how was your experience today? Oh, the experience was great. We love you guys. Awesome. Do you do you use Yelp a lot? And if someone just looks at you like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, never mind. And if but if they're like, if you ask me that, I go, Oh, I use Yelp all the time. Oh, awesome. You know, and then you can do the check-in thing and all that kind of stuff. So you're not wasting their time. The other thing you can do, there's something inside of Yelp, and I haven't used this in a while, that you can actually see people based on their emails. And so you can take your email list in the office and you can do something that running it through Yelp and you can see who actually are Yelpers in your office. But I don't know the rules on HIPAA and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't want to claim to be the expert. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah. I mean, that's an, I haven't heard that one before. Um, I'd be careful with doing anything like that. I, I, the only other thing I know about Yelp that, um, you, they, when you put a review on Yelp, let's say it's a team member, but they don't, they're like someone that, that you know, is an office, someone, maybe a former someone in the office, but they're a team member. Google, uh, Yelp will know they're a team member, not, not even if you don't write it, because they're, they look at Facebook connections. They look at all these ways to determine whether, whether someone's actually a legitimate person. Yeah. So I will tell you, if you have somebody who is a team member that wrote a review and you're having, you're struggling getting reviews, Yelp has started to remove reviews yeah, by, yeah. with those. And that you kind of become a, a pariah with Yelp and no, none of the reviews that you generate are going to stick. So there are companies actually that can help you uh, make sure you get reviews that are really legitimate out of the filter and those that are not back into the filter. So I would just say you have to be really careful with Yelp. It's a whole different ballgame. I teach it. I talk about playing. It's a game. You have to learn how to play the game. Yeah. And again, like Google, they're going to change the rules. So the one rule that you can play by is so follow all the rules today, but just know this rule that's the hidden rule is that the rule is, is that the rules are going to change. And that's, <laughs> that's just the way that it goes with digital stuff is that the rules are going to shift and change. Well, this has been really, really good. I always learn something when I talk to you, Dr. Lin. So thank you so much for coming on today. If someone wants to reach out to you and learn more about either Google reviews or just all the awesome stuff that you have going on, what's the best way to get in contact with you? So I'll give you all the ways that they can reach me. I'm, I'm so active on socials, any of the social channels. It's at Dr. Len Tao, D-R-L-E-N-T-A-U. Um, my cell phone number, they can text me or call me 215-292-2100. And my email is len, L-E-N, at D-R-L-E-N-T-A-U.com. All those ways someone can reach out to me. I'm happy to have a conversation. I talk to people all the time about how to to handle bad reviews as well. So uh, um, just reach out if you have any questions. I'm I'm more than happy to to, uh, entertain you guys. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show, but this is a segment that I think is going to bring a lot of value to you and it's going to help you grow your practice. It's called Ask Gary, and people are emailing their questions in about their marketing to askgary at smcnational.com 
or you can DM us or leave a comment below. We'll grab those. Here's, here's the question for today from Jeff. How many months before opening would you start marketing for DeNovo? And this is a really good question. And it's kind of complex, right? Because there's certain things that you just can't do too early. And there's certain things that you just can't do fast enough. So let's just work through some of those. So obviously like signage, anything on the front of the building, all that like in-person marketing that you're going to be doing right on the practice has to be done as soon as possible. You literally cannot do that fast enough because the faster you get those signs up, the faster you get that external marketing up, the better. The next thing that you can start to do is as you get closer to opening the practice, so we're talking three months, four months before, is you can start dropping like postcards and different kind of media like that, flyers to the surrounding businesses. But you have to think through how those people are going to reach out to you. So you got to have some kind of special phone line or direct them to another office that's going to answer the phones that you can start to field those opportunities as people want to sign up as a patient. Now for digital, Digital, you really can't start marketing it too soon because people don't want to wait months and months to come into a dental office. So usually about a month before you open up, you really want to pepper with social uh, social and, and ads on Google and things like that because now you can start signing people up and you can start driving in new customers. But again, if you go too far out or you try to do that too soon, you're going to lose a lot of money because people are going to call, they're going to answer the phone, and you're going to try to put them two months out. People aren't going to want to do that. So that's today's. If you have a question, email us at askgary at smcnational.com. Hey, 